Today's daf is daf Dalit and Masechet Megillah. We will begin on the bottom of daf Gimel Amud Bet, the last two words of the Amud. We're still on the topic of cities that were walled in the times of Yoshua ben Nun that read on the 15th of Adar. These three cities, Lod, Ono, and Geach Rashim, were all walled from the times of Yoshua ben Nun. Vane Yoshua Banane, were these really built by Yoshua? Vaha El Pa'al Banane, wasn't it El Pa'al who was responsible for building them? And he lived in the times of Pilegesh Begiva, that was later in the times of Sefer Shoftim, although it's recorded actually in uh, Divrei Yamim, but he lived much later. Uh, as it says, Dichtiv, Uvne El Pa'al, Ever Mish'am, Vashamer, Ubanat Onovet Lodupnotea. So it says that he was responsible for building, together with these other individuals, were responsible for building Ono and Lod and its outskirts. According to you, that that means that it wasn't built in the times of Yoshua Binun because it says it was built up in the times of the of Sefer Shoftim, in the times of Pilegesh Begivah. Then we should say, Ha'asa, really Asa, the king of Yehuda then, was responsible for building these cities. Now, as Rashi points out, this is not actually a pasuk. Um, it's a uh, combination of uh, different psukim. Rashi says, in, uh, he says, um, sometimes the Gemara's nature is to, uh, is to uh, put psukim together, combine them in different ways. Really, the pasuk is, It's talking about Asa, that he built the uh, fortified cities in Yehuda. That, uh, that pasuk is kind of uh, uh, mi- uh, paraphrased here. So then the question is, So the point is that just because it says that Asa, the king of Yehuda, built up these cities, that doesn't necessarily mean that, uh, that they were built for the first time in the time of Asa. So actually, they were built in the times of Yoshua Benun. Then they were destroyed in the times of Pilegesh Begivah. After that, El Pa'al rebuilt it, and after that, they fell into disrepair. And Asa came along, and the king Asa, he, uh, he, he re, uh, you know, he improved it, he, uh, he rebuilt them, and, uh, and, uh, contributed to their upkeep, and so on. Dikanami, as we see, there's a proof for that, because it says, Vayomer, he said, Lihuda, because he said to the tribe of Yehuda, let's build these cities. Meaning, it's clear from that that these were already cities that existed. Um, meaning, when it's speaking in the uh, when it's speaking about Asa rebuilding these cities, he says to the tribe of Yehuda, let's rebuild these cities, implying that they were already cities. He was just uh, maintaining them or improving them. Uh, uh, you know, sort of a, rest, a restoration project of the cities, not that he built them for the first time. And again, if you look at the Rashi on the side, he says that some of the psukim are uh, not really uh, accurately quoted here. They're paraphrased here, combined together. But the point is still the same, that a city could have existed in the times of Yoshua ben Nun and still been rebuilt twice further on in history. Furthermore said, Women are obligated in the reading of the Megillah, because they were also included in the miracle of Purim. Now, there are two different interpretations. Very famously, the most basic and accepted interpretation is that of Rashi, and the Tosfot, which is that what it means is that, uh, is that women also were saved from the decree of Haman in the story of Purim, so they're also obligated to read the Megillah. However, there is a Rashbam who is quoted in a couple of places in the Tosfot that uh, the Rashbam maintains that 
um, that what it means is means that they were instrumental in the miracle because of Esther's role in the miracle. So that's a little bit of a different concept of uh, why women would be obligated in Ner Chanukah and in Purim because in, and even in Pesach, um, one could say that uh, the women were, you know, we said that the women, Nashim Tzidkaniot, Shebo was the righteous women's merit that saved the Jews from, uh, from Egypt. And Chanukah, we have the story of Yehudit, who was instrumental in the redemption of Chanukah and Purim. We have the story of uh, Esther, of course. So, uh, so that's the Rashbam's interpretation. Generally speaking, that's not accepted as, uh, uh, as the explanation. The explanation is usually the standard one, that they were saved in the miracle of Purim. Now, there is a discussion about whether women can read the Megillah for men. There are some who say that women can read the Megillah for anybody. They're equally obligated. Some say they can read for one another, but not for men. And some say that they can only listen. They can't. There is a minority opinion that says they can only listen, but they can't actually read for others because they only have a mitzvah of Shemi'at the Megillah to hear the Megillah. But in any case, that's the discussion of women's um, uh, obligation in the Megillah. When Purim falls out on Shabbat, which means that we can't read the Megillah, that they should in we still have a shiur where we ask and answer, meaning that we give a shiur, we have an interactive uh, class or a discussion about the subject of Purim. That's the mitzvah. It turns into a mitzvah of learning. But that's not just a halacha of Purim. All yamim tovim had that role. We said in the bright that Moshe tikan lehemin Yisrael shiur shoalin vedorshin beninosh aliyom hilchot pesach or pesach hilchot atzer batzer hilchot chag bechag. That it, we we know that. Uh, Moshe Rabbeinu already instituted that the Jewish people should study the laws of each festival in its respective time. Pesach, uh, you know, laws of Pesach on Pesach, laws of uh, Shavuot and Shavuot, and laws of, uh, of, of Chag, which is Sukkot, on, uh, on Sukkot. In fact, this appears at the very end of this Masechet, this, uh, this Drasha. And, um, and Tosafot explains that the idea is that when it comes to the other holidays where we have 30, 30 days in advance, we're already supposed to be starting to learn the halachot of the holiday, and yet we still have a mitzvah to learn about the holiday and the holiday itself. So Kal B'chomer Purim, where there's no such rule, that you have to start learning ahead of time on the day itself. Of course you have to learn. So it says, what, So it says, So Purim, we still had to mention that Purim, you would have a, a learning of, of halachot of Purim and ideas of Purim on the day of Purim when it falls on Shabbat, because because you might have thought that just like there's a gzerah, a rabbinic decree against reading the Megillah on, on, on Shabbat. So you might think there's also a, a, a prohibition on doing a drasha in the Megillah, learning the Megillah and analyzing the Megillah because you might come to move the Megillah around as well because back then, you know, they didn't have uh, printed books. They had, uh, they had scrolls. So you might have thought that you couldn't handle the scroll for the sake of learning from it. So Kamash Malan is coming to tell you that as, if you're doing it for the mitzvah of Kriyat the Megillah, it's prohibited. But if you're doing it to learn from it, it's okay. A person's obligated to read the Megillah at night and to repeat it during the day. As it says, my God, I call to you in the daytime and you don't answer. And at night, and I have, there is no silence for me, meaning that uh, both day and night, I cry out to Hashem. And this is from the Mizmor of which is associated with the story of Purim, according to the Chazal. And, um, and therefore, it's a reference to the idea of the constant... Uh, now this is re- reflecting, this pasuk reflects the tzara, the trouble that the Jewish people were in, that at night and day we're crying out to Hashem, so too at night and day we have Kriyat Megillah. Um, we're going to see another pasuk that's a little bit of a different spin than that. But in any case, the Bnei Yeshiva, the Talmidei Chachamim thought that, oh, what this means is, 
that you're supposed, it says lishnota. Lishnota means, lishnot means to study. So they thought that that means at nighttime, you're supposed to read the Megillah. During the daytime, you're supposed to learn the Mishnayot and the Torah Shebaal Peh of, of, of the Halachot of Megillah. Amar lehu Rabbi Yirmiya, Rabbi Yirmiya said to them, Rabbi Chiyah Baraba explained to me exactly what he meant. He didn't mean, Rabbi Shobin Levi did not mean uh, that you're supposed to, uh, uh, you're supposed to learn the Torah Shabbat Peh during the day. What he meant was, like people say, I'm going to read this parasha and review it. The word Lishnot here doesn't mean to study in the sense of studying Torah Shabbat Peh, but it means to review. So we review it during the day. We have a, sim- a, a brighter that supports, or a statement that supports this as well. Rabbi Chelbo said the name of Ula Bura'a, a person is obligated to read the Megillah at night and to review it during the day, repeat so that my soul will praise you and not be silenced. Hashem will forever thank you. So you see here it's more the emphasis on the Shevach and the praise and the thanks to Hashem. The first Pasuk that was quoted was more on the re- remembering of the Tzarot that we experienced in the time of Purim. But either way, this is the source for the nighttime and daytime Megillah reading. It's, I've uh, often pointed out, it's important to note that the Mishnah doesn't know anything about a nighttime reading of Megillah. It only mentions a daytime reading of the Megillah. In fact, the whole story of the Ansheikh, uh, the, uh, the villagers uh, making their reading on the Yom Knisa only really can apply to the daytime because that was when they gathered on Monday and Thursday. They gathered during the day in the cities to be able to read because they didn't have a reader or because they, uh, or because they had to go to the Bet Din because uh, the, the Bet Din was open. Whatever the reason was that, that Mondays and Thursdays were important, that was obviously only during the day. During the nighttime, the, the Rishonim talk about what did they do during the nighttime if they really were dependent upon gathering in the cities to hear the Megillah and therefore they made the reading earlier. So what did they do at the nighttime? And so some say they were exempt from it and some say they just read it to themselves uh, as best they could. Um, in any case, the idea is that the nighttime reading is not mentioned anywhere in the Mishnah. It was a later, seems like a later takanat chachamim from the period of the Amoraim. It didn't exist seemingly during the period of the Tanaim. And that's why the main reading is really during the day. And because of it, the main reading is during the day, Ashkenazim of the Minhag, that not only do they say Ashachayanu during the night, they also say it during the day because they say that's really the main reading. It's a new mitzvah. So they say Shachianu twice. We, Svaradim, only say Shachianu on the first reading. We do not say it in the morning reading. We go back to uh, the discussion of the villagers making their reading earlier whenever Purim falls out on a day other than Monday and Thursday. That the Chachamim were lenient on the villagers so that now the way that that reads according to the simple reading, which is what the Gemara is going to assume at first, is that they were lenient on the villagers so that they would be able to provide water and food to their brothers in the cities. In other words, this sounds like it means that the reason why, let's say Purim falls out on a Wednesday, the reason why the villagers read on Monday is so on Wednesday they can come bring food to the people in the cities and they don't have the conflict between that and their obligation to read the Megillah. But the Gemara asks on that, we turn to Amud According to that, it's really to benefit the cities, not to benefit the villagers. But we learned in the Mishnah Chaliot B'Sheni when the when Purim falls out on Monday, when it falls out on a Monday, the villagers don't make their reading any earlier. They read on Monday. So really, if the whole purpose of them reading before the cities is so that they can provide something to the cities on the day of Purim, so then even then they should go back to the previous Thursday. So they've already read the Megillah. So when Purim comes for the cities, they're available to provide them with food. The answer is that would bring you all the way back to the tenth of Adar. And the rabbis did not include the tenth of Adar in the permitted days, so it just won't work. Tashma, another uh, source. When when Purim falls out on the on Thursday, then the villages and the large cities read on the same day. 
Vim itan, really, if the benefit of this whole idea of the villagers reading early is in order to benefit those who live in cities, so then even here, we should go back to the previous Monday. Right? It's still within the permitted days because it's the 11th. We don't go back to a previous Yom HaKnisa. If it falls out on Yom HaKnisa, we stick with Yom HaKnisa. In other words, the Takana was to do it on Yom HaKnisa. Most of the time, that benefits the city dwellers. But once in a while, it doesn't really benefit them. But we stick with the principle of Yom HaKnisa, even though it doesn't 100% work. So Tashma, come in here, another source. Here we have a decisive proof that the whole purpose of a Takana was not to benefit the people living in the cities, but it was to benefit the villagers. Because it says, if the villagers gather together in the cities or wherever on Monday and Thursday, and therefore it's an advantage to them to read the Megillah on the Monday or Thursday immediately before Purim, when Purim falls out on either a, on either a uh, Sunday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday or a Friday, right? It benefits them to have it on a Monday or Thursday, but when they don't gather anyway on Monday and Thursday, so then it doesn't benefit them, right? So either they don't have minyan on those days or because they don't come into the cities that, those days or whatever. So it says, If you're going to say that the whole purpose is to benefit the cities, So if it's really for the benefit of the cities that they should be available on the day of Purim to serve the needs of the cities, so then what difference does it make whether it benefits them or not? Even if it doesn't benefit them, they should have to read early so they're available for the, the city dwellers on the day the city dwellers are reading. So it says, We have to revise it. It's not in order that. It's not in order to help them so that they can be available for the city dwellers on the day of Purim to provide them with food. It's not for the sake of the city dwellers. It's a, it's a sachar we're giving since they work so hard to provide the city dwellers with their needs. Therefore, we give them a leniency that they don't have to gather an extra day to read the Megillah. And we allow them to read on the Monday or Thursday prior. So that it really is for the benefit of the villagers and not for the benefit of the city dwellers. So we, the first case in the Mishnah is when, uh, is uh, in, in the Mishnah that we, first the Mishnah mentions, as we saw in the beginning of the Masechet, the Mishnah mentions the days on which the Megillah can be read, starting with the 11th of Adar all the way up to the 15th of Adar. And then it, it gives us examples. And the first example is when Purim falls out, meaning that the 14th of Adar falls out on a Monday. Right? So the Gemara asks a simple question. Says, When you look at the first uh, part of the Mishnah, it follows the days of the month because it says, When can Megillah be read? On the 11th, the 12th, the 13th, 14th, 15th. But at the end, instead of going in the order of the days of the month, meaning first giving the example where, where the, the villagers would read on the 11th, and then giving the example of where the villagers would read on the 12th, and then giving the example of where the villagers read on the 13th, and so on. So, the, so why does it switch it around? Then it starts with when it falls on Monday, when it falls on Tuesday, when it falls on Wednesday, which means that you're jumping around in terms of uh, which day of the month the villagers are reading. Because when it falls on Monday, they read on the previous Thursday. When it falls on Tuesday, they read on, on, when it falls on Tuesday, they're reading just a day before. When it falls on Monday, you're reading, you're going all the, uh, I'm sorry, when it falls on, uh, on Sunday, uh, when, it, when it falls on Monday, they read on that very day. When it falls on Tuesday, they're reading a day before. When it falls on Wednesday, they're reading two days before, right? And so on. So why does it go that way rather than going in the order of, 
using the case where it falls out on the 11th and then the case where it falls out on the 12th, meaning use the case where Purim falls on a Sunday so we can talk about when, they re- when the villagers read on the 11th and so on. Why doesn't it do that? So it says, Because since it will be reversed, it will be mixed up, we use the order of the days. So Rashi explains, If we went according to Yemei Chodesh, if we wanted to use when it falls out on the 11th, when it falls out on the 12th, when it falls out on the 13th, so it would be backwards because we would have to start with the case where it falls out on Sunday, which is the case where the villagers read on the previous Thursday, which is the 11th of Adar, right? Then you have to talk about the case where it falls out on Friday and therefore the villagers read on the uh, the. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, then you have to talk about the case where it falls out on Shabbat, and there they're going to read on the 12th. And Erev Shabbat, they're going to read on the 13th. In other words, you're going backwards with one and forwards with the other one, and it'll be very, very confusing. This way, it doesn't even mention the days of the month, it just mentions the days of the week, and it's easier to keep things straight and not to get confused. But if you use the days of the month as your guide, so you're going to end up going, for, going backwards in days of the week while you're going forwards in days of the month, because the first case of when it falls out on a Sunday, you'll talk about the 11th. And then when it falls out on a Shabbat, you're going back a day, but you're going forward and saying, then, then the villagers read on the 12th. So it just gets confusing. This is simpler to present it that, this way and not get confused. So Shabbat, what happens when Purim falls on, the, on Friday? Who does our Mishnah follow? Right, so it doesn't seem to follow Rebi, and it doesn't seem to follow Rebi Yossi. Why not? Because... <coughs> it says when the 14th of Adar falls out on a Friday, so the villagers should go back to Thursday, and so should the unwalled cities go back to Thursday. And the walled cities should read on that Friday. Okay? So we know that the walled cities can't read on their normal day. They can't read on Shabbat, right? With the 15th would be on Shabbat. And they're going to have to read on Friday. But the Tanakhama is saying we should also then move, just like we're going to move the villagers to Thursday, we should also move the large cities. Rabbi Omer Omer Ani. Rabbi said, I say, We should not push off the cities from their place. Rather, both the walled cities and the regular cities are going to read on Friday, and only the villagers are going to move back to Thursday. So, my time the Tanakhama, why does the Tanakhama think that also the regular city should move back to Thursday? Because it says every, each and every year, Purim should be the same. And just like every other year, the unwalled cities read before the walled cities. So, too, in this case, the unwalled cities should read before the walled cities, and therefore, the unwalled cities have to read on Thursday because the walled cities are going to be reading on Friday. Maybe we should say it the other way. That just like every year, we never move when the when the unwalled cities are going to read. So too, we shouldn't move the unwalled cities when they're going to read. They should read on Friday. But here it's not possible. In other words, here it's impossible to have the idea that the unwalled cities read before the walled cities and also to ha- not move their date. So we're going to have to move them back to Thursday. What is Rebbe's reasoning? He takes the Pasuk also. Each and every year. Just like every year we don't move the unwalled cities. So too, we're not going to move them in this case. Why don't we say the same thing as the Tanakhama that just like the unwalled cities are always before the walled cities, not on the same day. But here it's impossible. In other words, the question is, basically, they're using the same pasuk coming to two opposite conclusions. According to Rabbi, the more important thing is not to move the unwalled cities from their 
assigned date because they never moved. And according to the Tanakhama, the more important thing is that the unwalled cities be before the walled cities. My Rebiosi, and a way to understand that is to say that basically, according to the Tanakhama, the essence of the idea of the uh, walled and unwalled cities is that the unwalled cities, not, not that the unwalled cities read on the 14th, but that the unwalled cities read before the walled cities. That's the essence of it. According to the Rebi, according to Rebi no, the main obligation is that the unwalled cities read on the 14th. Now, uh, my tab, uh, my Rabbi Yossi, what's the case of Rabbi Yossi that we, t- that we referred to? The time we learned about the Chaliot Berem Shabbat, if Purim falls on Erev Shabbat, Mukafin, Kfarim, Maktimin, Yom Knisa, then both the walled cities and the villages move back to Thursday. Meaning, if it falls on, the, on Friday, that means the 14th of Adar is on Friday. That means the 15th is on Shabbat. So the walled cities definitely can't read on Shabbat. So they're going to move back. Nor We have them move back to Friday. But according to Rabbi Yossi, they should move all the way back to Thursday with the villagers. And the regular cities will read on that day, on Friday, because that's a normal day for them. Rabbi Yossi says we can never have a situation where the walled cities are before the unwalled cities. Rather, like the way that we do it, both the walled cities and the unwalled cities will read on Friday. They will not push back. Nobody's going to get pushed back to Thursday except for the villagers. Why does the Tanakhama say that the walled city should move all the way back to Thursday? Just like every other year. Because it says in the, in the Megillah, each and every year. Just like each and every year, the unwalled cities read on the 14th and the walled cities read on a different day. So to here, the unwalled cities read on the 14th. And they have a different time than the Mukafot Chomad and the walled cities. And since the walled cities can't read on Shabbat, the only other alternative is going to be that they read on Thursday. Why don't we use the opposite say? And say, just like every year, walled cities never come before unwalled. Why don't we say the same thing here? That the walled cities can't possibly go before the unwalled. Here it's impossible. Meaning it's impossible to sustain that both the unwalled cities will read on their property the 14th and that the walled cities will not, will not read on the same day unless we move the walled cities all the way back to Thursday. Why doesn't Rabbi Yossi agree? Same pasuk he'll take. Every year, just like every other year, the walled cities don't come before the unwalled. So to here, we're not going to allow that to happen. Why don't we say, just like every other year, the unwalled and the walled don't read on the same day. So right. So we should also say that, um, that uh, uh, here too, uh, we should say that they can't read on the same day and therefore if the unwalled cities are going to read on Friday so the walled cities should read back on Thursday. The answer is that it's, there's no other way about it. So what we see from this is that, uh, that Rabbi Yossi and, Rabbi, and that our Mishnah definitely doesn't follow the Tanakhama of either of these Baritot, but it's E Rabbi Yossi, E Rabbi, uh, e, Rabbi, e, Rabbi Yossi. It could follow Rabbi or Rabbi Yossi because Rabbi uh, it maintains that the um, that we we that when the um, when Purim falls out on Friday, the 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 unwalled cities read on um, on uh, are, are going to read on the same day as the walled cities are going to read on Friday, and only the villagers are going to be pushed back to Thursday. And similarly, Rebiosi says the same thing. <clears throat> that when you have a case that <clears throat> that he disagrees with, there with the Tanakhaman says the same thing that the unwalled cities and the villages are gonna I'm sorry the unwalled cities are, and the walled cities are gonna read on the same day in a case where the 14th of Adar falls out on Friday and that's actually what we hold today <clears throat> and that would fit either with Rabbi Yossi or uh, or um, or Rabbi in other words it, it's uh, just like the Gemara said it could be either one 
right? It doesn't have to be uh, Rabbi, it doesn't have to be Rabbi Yossi. It could be either one. They both agree about this point. Now, does Rabbi really say that we don't push off the unwalled cities ever to the Thursday before? It says in the that if Purim falls on Shabbat itself. So of course, the villagers are going to go back to Thursday. The unwalled cities will read on Friday. And of course, the, the walled cities have no problem. Their day is Sunday. But the unwalled cities, that their day is Shabbat, they're going to have to read on Friday. According to Rabbi here, I agree. Move them back to Thursday. Move the unwalled cities back to Thursday. So, so, so you see that he does hold that you can sometimes use the un, move the unwalled cities all the way back to Thursday. But it's not the same case. Once you're already moving them, because really the time for the unwalled cities is Shabbat, move them all the way back to Thursday. But over here we're talking about where the actual time is Erev Shabbat. In other words, when the actual time is Erev Shabbat, we don't pick up the unwalled cities and move them to Thursday just to avoid having the unwalled and the walled cities reading on the same place at the same day. But when the unwalled cities are already being moved because the unwalled cities day fell out on Shabbat we're already moving it anyway so we might as well move it all the way back to Thursday Rebbe would say now the halacha actually is not that way we just move it to Friday like the Tanakh Kama says in that case so in the other two cases we follow Rebbe and Rebbe Yossi but in this case we actually follow the Tanakh Kama according to whom is the statement of Rebbe Chalbo in the name of Rafuna if Purim falls on Shabbat Everyone gets pushed off to Thursday. What do you mean? Everybody. Obviously, the walled cities, if, if Purim falls on the 14th, the 14th of Adar falls on Shabbat, then obviously the, the walled cities are not affected because the 15th is Sunday. Rather, what it means is anybody who's pushed off, will be pushed off to Thursday. That's obviously Rabbi's opinion, that once you're moving the unwalled cities off of their day, move them all the way back to Thursday. Everybody seems to agree, though, that we do not read the Megillah on Shabbat. Everybody is obligated in reading Megillah, but not everybody has the ability to do it. So, the concern is that if since everyone's obligated, but not everyone can do it, so if they uh, if we don't require. Um, Sorry, if we require the reading of Megillah on Shabbat, so then a person who doesn't know how to read might take their Megillah, carry it for Amot in a Roshut Rabim, in a public domain, and violate Shabbat. Which is exactly the same reason why we don't have Shofar or Lulav on Shabbat, because we're worried that a person will carry it in Roshut Rabim in order to get bring it to someone to teach them how to do it or to do it for them. There's another reason why we don't have Megillah reading on Shabbat, which is that the, they would always give out the Matanot Levyonim, the gifts for the poor, on uh, on uh, the time the day that the Megillah was read. And since when they were reading the Megillah, if you're reading it on Shabbat, obviously you can't give out money to the poor because it's Shabbat. So they didn't want to cause that pain to the uh, uh, to the Aniyim, to the poor. And they decided instead not to have the reading on Shabbat. Now the difference would be that, that as, as uh, the Tosafot explains, that the, the difference between the reasons is that according to the first reason, it's a Gzerah. Gzerah Rabbanam, which would mean in the Beit HaMikdash, that kind of Gzerah wouldn't apply. Because Gzerot don't apply, Gzerot because of uh, potential Chilul Shabbat don't apply in the Beit HaMikdash. However, uh, the reason not to cause pain to the poor people would apply everywhere. Now the Gemara says, Tani Nami we learned in a Brayta like that, even though the villagers moved their reading back to the previous Monday or the previous Thursday, right? Even so, Govin Bo Bayom, Chalkin Bo Bayom. We still gather up the money that day and we distribute the money 
on that day, meaning the day that the that it's even though the villagers are reading on a day other than actual Purim, they still give out the money on that day. All the tzedakah afal pishamu. What do you mean? Even though Adam mishum damu, it's because they said that they should read Megillah on the previous Thursday or the previous Monday that they're dividing up the money on that day. Elo il vamo. What it should say is since they said since the villagers are moving. They're uh, reading back to Thursday or Monday prior to Purim. Govin bo bayom v'chalkin bo bayom. That uh, we 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 gather and we distribute the monies of tzedakah on that day because the poor people are waiting for it. So even though it's not actually Purim, since the villagers are reading the Megillah on that day, they give out the money on that day. Aval simcha inoheget el bismana. The celebration of the eating and the drinking. And the seuda uh, is done only in its proper time. So, I mean, even the villagers who read the Megillah on the Monday or Thursday prior to Purim, they celebrate on Purim itself on the 14th of Adar with everyone else other than those who live in the walled cities from the time of Yoshua ben Nun.